Coming up on today's edition of Locked On Leafs, the Toronto Maple Leafs were back on the ice after a few days off as they prepare for a rematch against the Edmonton Oilers, which we will preview here on today's show. This is the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your daily fix for all things Leafs. I'm your host, David Morissuti from Sportsnet. Mike is away on vacation, and I decided once again to bring a good buddy of mine to join me again on the program. It is my uh, Frank Stanishi, the host of Canon Frank Live, which you can catch up on his YouTube channel and on the Spanglish Sports Network. And just to remind everybody that Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcast from. And you can now catch us up on video on YouTube, Locked On Leafs. It's your team every day. Frank, thank you for bringing me back, for coming back. I guess uh, I guess I didn't scare you away from the... You know, <laughs> the- <laughs> no, you didn't scare me away at all. And uh, it was nice to be appreciated by at least one of your viewers. So yeah, um, I'm... Saying, uh, I like this guy. I hope you bring him back again. I'm like, well, I guess... Uh, you got your wish. <laughs> Hey, Frank, what are you doing today? Ah, I'm free. I'm good. Okay. Beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So, the Leafs are finally back on the ice. We have, uh, they've been off the last few days. They came back from the road trip. The team has uh, been through, been away. They haven't really been at home ever since, uh, oh my goodness, since they went out to Seattle before the trade deadline. And um, now, a bunch of new Leafs got to see what it's like to be a Toronto Maple Leaf in Toronto for the day. Uh, Sam Lafferty, Jake McCabe, Luke Shen is not there. Luke Shen is still away from the team. Uh, He is in Vancouver. He is waiting for his wife to give birth to their third child. So obviously it's tough to predict when that will happen. We can't exactly, you know, give a firm timeline on it. So I expect that maybe Luke Shen will be there at least for the next few days. He might miss, uh, he'll miss the game against the Oilers. We'll see against the Sabres on Monday. I'm going to lean towards him not being back in time for that just because it's going to – he probably need a few days once the baby is born to be there. So probably a little later in the week before we have Luke Shen back. But uh, the Leafs did make sure to prepare themselves in any situation where a defenseman is available when they made all those trades. And so the lines at practice, that, that was the first thing I think a lot of people were waiting for. What were these lines going to look like? at practice, mainly because John Tavares was out in the last game against the Devils. Was he going to be back on the ice? Um, How were some of the lines going to switch if Tavares was back? And we finally got our answer. I'm going to just pull up the tweet here from Mark Masters uh, of the lines at practice. And I'm going to preface this by saying these were the lines at practice. I will go over the lines for the game because it's going to be a little bit different because when people saw the lines at practice, they were a little taken back a little bit here. So the top line remained intact of Kerfoot, Matthews, and Marner. Uh, Nylander, Lafferty, and Yarncroke were together. Now, that was listed as a second line. Personally, I think that's more of a third line when you look at the fact that Tavares and Bunting were together. Wayne Simmons, back at yeah. least practice. 
that was a bit of a surprise for a lot of people. Uh, just the fact that Wayne Simmons has not been with the team. He's obviously he was uh, sent down to the Marlies. He has now been recalled. He is with the team and he's practicing with them. The fourth line of Zach Asenreek, David Camp, and Nola Chari was remains intact, and Alex Dees was the extra forward. So people were thinking here and saying, "Oh, is Wayne Simmons getting back into the lineup?" Um, we find we are well, as you'll know if you've read ahead and if you've seen ahead, that's not exactly the case. Um, but the other thing that a lot of people were looking at was the fact that the defensive pairings looked a little different at practice. Well, McKay Brody remained together. Morgan Riley was with Eric Gustafson, who hasn't played a whole lot. He's been a, like the seventh defenseman. So he was with Morgan Riley and then Marcher down. Timothy Lilligren remained together. Then it was weird that people didn't see Justin Hall with the regulars. He was skating on a pairing with Connor Timmons, which would usually suggest that Justin Hall wouldn't be playing on Saturday against Edmonton. So that was kind of everybody's belief. And then as I've come to tell people, sometimes what they tweet out at practice doesn't always mean it's going to be that case because, you know, you're not going to go through practice. Um, Sometimes there's placeholders for players who are injured, who aren't coming back. In this case, everybody that's kind of here is most likely playing. Um, but when you saw the when you see these lines, Frank, were you thinking that Shel- like what Sheldon keep doing here? Why was Justin Hall being scratched? Even though I think a lot of Leaf fans, it's continuity for sure. That's not that's not as you know. While we might be surprised in a way, we're not shocked. You know what I mean? Uh, Hall has always been uh, as long as he's been with the team, never a hundred percenter. You know, there's always that time when he's either it's not been, it's not as been as bad this year as it has been in the past where he's gone all the way to the press box, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and now it, in this case, I, I think I think he'll play. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, who, who knows? I know that Gustafson needs to get a little work on the team. You know, he had that really slow start, that puck that went by him. So, you know, he he needs some confidence to be built. I, I find the combination of him and Riley interesting. Yeah, so as Sheldon Keefe mentioned after practice, so Justin Hall does remain in the lineup. It's just he is not going to be on a regular pairing, and I'm going to bring up the lines here. I'm going to use our fancy graphic that we don't tend to get to use all the time. But I'm gonna. We're gonna start be using it more now when we see all these changes to lineup. So, as we know, to Matthews, uh, sorry, Tavares and Bunting will have a rotating player. I put rotating player because right. I can just put an empty spot there. It looks a little weird. So, rotating player on their right side. My early guess would be William Nylander and Mitch Marner might take some turns there. Maybe you'll see Kelly Yarncroft get some time there. But on defense. Morgan Riley will play with Justin Hall and Eric Gustin. They are going to go with seven defensemen. It's not the first time, and I suspect it won't be the last time we see this. Um, Shelton Keefe says he wants to give guys, keep guys in the lineup. He just doesn't want to be sitting guys because of a numbers situation. He doesn't want to say, oh, we're taking a guy out because we need to play six only six defensemen. What do you think about that idea, though, that – Having seven defensemen just to keep guys in the lineup. I I think, you know, it it does create a kind of 
uh, minor confusion because you're not going out with the same guy. You know, even, you know, when you have the situation where who's going over the boards, you know, there's even that, right? There's nothing that makes it easier when you're just throwing four lines out there and three defense pairs. Everybody knows who they're with if the game goes the way it's planned. And that doesn't necessarily mean if you're winning or not. It just means is the team playing to the potential the coach expects with the way the lineup is playing, you know, as a group and individually per lines and as players. So, no, um, I'm not... um, I, I'm not a big fan of this, to answer your question. Um, I understand why they're doing it. Uh, it. It almost speaks to the, in my mind, a little bit. It might say a little bit of lack of confidence in the defenders on one hand. On the other hand, he's got players in his lineup. He wants to see how they handle a little extra shift here and there. And we know with Marner, you're right. I agree with you who could be playing in that extra spot. But it also will depend on power play and penalty killing time, as we've seen in the past. Yeah, I I understand it, why Sheldon Keefe is doing it. I'm not. A, I've never really been a fan of it, just because he he even admits it's more work for the coaching staff to get all that to do all to deal with all the you know incorporating all the players in line. Not having that extra four, that twelfth forward puts a little more strain. We saw what happened when they went with eleven to seven in Vancouver, and then they lose Ryan O'Reilly. And that, and then that changes your the whole dynamic of the, uh, you know, of the lineup because they now only have ten forwards. You know, Austin Matthews missed a little bit of time that game. Like it puts a strain on the other forwards when you, because that's that's something that I think coaches sometimes have to think about. Obviously, um, there are teams that do do it. At Tampa, at one point, I believe last year. We're doing eleven and seven quite often, just because they want to get guys in. So maybe Sheldon Keith was learning a little bit from that. I'm not sure, but it's definitely interesting that they're going to continue to do this. I would assume that once they've established some sort of rhythm, whether that's Shen returning and him solidifying his spot in the lineup, I don't think you're going to be seeing this happen as much later in the month of April. I guess. For now, they're okay with it, but I think once guys are healthy and they've established kind of more concrete lineups because, look, in the playoffs, you want to give whatever lineup for the playoffs some run. You're not going to want to run those for two games and be like, all right, this is our lineup. I think Sheldon Keefe is going to want to establish that a lot earlier. David, haven't we noticed with Sheldon Keefe, uh, he likes to make the players accountable. And he sets, uh, I, I won't call them traps, but he does set situations where they have to play for their ice time. And and this might speak to also that he might not have as much confidence in both the defense and the offense. He's trying to figure out what defenseman he, he's going to use. And as far as the offense is concerned, he's benching a guy because he could put an extra guy in there. He's not in there. That's one less position available to the players that we both know and every fan knows. There are guys that are in ink on the lineup, and then there are guys that are in pencil. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, so it's going to be very interesting to see how that all plays out. Of course, the big task at hand will be stopping Mr. Connor McDavid, who will be playing looking for a similar result from the last time we played against Toronto. So we'll preview the game. We'll go through that matchup and more. But before we do, let me talk to you guys about today's show sponsor, and that is the FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season and the NHL season is here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 
That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scorers, threes drained in basketball, how many players shot a player gets in the game, how many saves a goalie makes, who will score the first goal. Or if you want to get a little bit brave, try to predict the exact score of a hockey game. Try it. It's very hard to do. But the, the payout is very, very sweet if you do end up doing that. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment with FanDuel more, with an, the and they are the official sports betting partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Locked On These Podcasts. It's your team every day. And, of course, I'm joined by my good friend, Frank Stanisha, who is filling in with Mike out of town. Frank, we might have to get uh, you a, a you know a more permanent permanent spot here. You're here two days <laughs> in a row. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, coming uh, coming on and, and also coming on when, you know, this is a busy time for the Leafs. They are um, – there's a lot going on, and they obviously have – Something very, very pressing at hand, and that is Connor McDavid, who the last time played against the Leafs, he let them know who was the best player in the NHL. Is there any question? Is there a question? Was that a question? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know that last year a lot of people were saying Austin Matthews was getting a little bit of credit in terms of uh, one of the top players in the NHL. But I think this season there is no doubt who is the best player in the league, and that is Connor McDavid. I was actually trying. I'm I'm looking it up right now. I've always meant to look up what the um, what the awards look like in terms of betting. So if you if you think you can make money on Connor McDavid winning the the Hart Trophy, guess again that ain't happening. He is a minus four thousand favorite. Minus four thousand favorite to win the Hart Trophy, which in in betting terms means don't 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 even try to bet. On don't Connor. bet the house. Don't you're, bet the house. You're it's it. You'll win. You'll win, but you're not going to make money off of that. So I found that to be a, a very interesting one. We also know um, Austin Matthews winning it last year. Um, that one seemed to be not a. It, it was a no brainer, but it wasn't as clear cut as Connor McDavid this season. If he doesn't get it, what does what do you think the bet's worth? Let's see if I said Marner gets it. Mitch Marner, that's a good question. Mitch Marner is a plus twenty thousand. Yikes! Uh, so just to give you a, a fraction, because I know some people want to know what does that actually mean. Mitch Marner is a two hundred to one odd to win the the win the Hart Trophy. That's that's. That's like out of the, the difference here, like David Pasternak is a 31 to one. Jack Hughes is a 48 to one. So if you're thinking, man, ah, maybe something happens and we might not want to lock in on Connor McDavid. That's a tough one, guys. Like Jason Robertson, 40 oh. to one. I like there's you're I mean, again, you're throwing who's the, who's the next guy? Is it is it Pasternak? Yeah, Pasternak is a 31 to one odd. So that's so like, if you bet now. If you bet now and you put a buck on Pasternak, how much do you get back? If okay, about I'll tell you right now. If you put a dollar on Pasternak, you win thirty-one dollars. So if you put ten bucks down, you get three hundred and ten dollars. Correct. And all you need to happen there is uh, 
and I'm not wishing this, and I'm knocking wood that it doesn't happen that uh, Connor McDavid has a season-ending injury. Well, funny enough, he almost he had looked like he had a pretty tough injury against the Boston Bruins. He collided, I think it was Derek Ryan. Uh, Derek Ryan did not see Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid did not see Derek Ryan. They collided. Connor McDavid was holding his leg area, which we all know. Not something you want to see, and I think a lot of Edmonton Oilers fans had a bit of a. They needed they needed a uh, heart uh, a heart uh, doctor or cardiologist near them because, oof, that that looked that looked very painful. Obviously, he was fine. He finished out the game, but uh, funny enough, he did not score a register a single point against the Boston Bruins. The Edmonton Oilers did win that game. I found that like that's not a common thing where the Oilers can win a game without Connor McDavid scoring. Um, that's why Connor McDavid is the MV, runaway MVP because when he because he has been scoring at will pretty much all the time, not always winning. The Oilers haven't always been winning with McDavid scoring, but when he's not scoring, it's tough for them to win. So that was an impressive win against the the Bruins. I know a lot of Leafs fans want to get see the team get some revenge. When you look at the fact that the Bruins find a way to hold McDavid off the score sheet yet still lose, and this is a very rare thing for the Bruins to lose at home, what does that tell you <laughs> just about the, the difference of this Oilers team maybe in the last week, I would say, since they, the trade deadline when they get Matias at home, uh, Evander, Evander Keane is back in the lineup. He seems to be getting over his injury issues. This is not an easy task for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They just went through the New Jersey Devils, who are a good team. They found a way to beat them with a shorter, you know, a lineup that was missing some key players. Now you got Connor McDavid, the high flying Oilers. This is not an easy task for Toronto. No, while the Oilers, uh, you know, they'll have played this, you know, the Leaf game will be their second game, but it won't be back to back for them. It'll be, they'll have a couple of days off before they meet the Leafs. So that fatigue shouldn't be a problem. But I think fatigue was a problem for the Leafs, uh, you know, against them. And, and they also had a little bit of a social event, if I remember correctly, the night before to see uh, Bruce Springsteen. And, and, you know, they, you know, with all the changes that they had uh, and that kind of stuff, I think that that has a, a lot to do with it. Do they have a chance? Well, they're sitting at home in Toronto. Uh, they're not going to have their home goaltender, and Murray's going to be in instead. Um, Murray has been effective. Uh, really the only problem with Murray has been him getting injured. So he's really the difference. He's going to make a difference. He's the guy that's going to help keep Edmonton off the score sheet. And, and then Toronto's offense and defense needs to get in on, on Edmonton early. And uh, I think they need a lead in the game uh, just to get their confidence against Edmonton. Uh, we saw what Edmonton did to Boston, a pretty good team. Um, the energy level in that game for both teams was incredible. It, it was an amazing energy level for both teams. They were both up for that game, and and we know why. I mean, they know in the back of their heads that this could be a Stanley Cup final matchup. It could be. I think a lot of uh, Canadian hockey fans would like to see that. At least it would guarantee a Canadian championship, a, a Canadian team winning a Stanley Cup. So. I don't think the American networks would like that all too much, although there'd be enough storylines to keep them entertained. But I think uh, up here north of the Warriors, many would like that. Just to give you a thought, you brought Matt Murray. He actually has a pretty decent record against the Edmonton Oilers in his career. He is 7-2-1, and one, has a 9-14 save percentage, and a 2.96 goals against average in 12 games against Edmonton. So this is a team that 
yeah, he hasn't played against a lot, but he's he hasn't. It's not like a, you know a team that he struggles to play against. So I, I, that's a very interesting uh, interesting stat line there. We know uh, Sheldon Keefe has been wanting to get both goaltenders going. This isn't a surprise. Matt Murray was go- was being announced as the starter. Sheldon Keefe made that very clear a few days ago. Now, Mike and I like to always say we'll believe it when we see it because Matt Murray has a tendency to not make it through warm-up. <laughs> uh, first, you have to make sure he gets through morning skate. Then you got to make sure he gets through warm up now. So, <laughs> those are kind of the two two uh, check marks we have to give Matt Murray before we can fully say he is going to start this game. So, don't be bet on who's in goal until you hear the national anthem. Yeah, exactly. If you're <laughs> Matt Murray save total until the around the national anthem, that'll at least get you in before puck drop. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's one thing that's definitely a very good point there. So Connor McDavid, he's the task. He's the guy that is going to get the most attention. Obviously, you can't put your full so- focus, your sole focus on him. They still got a lot of other players that can produce. Nugent, Ryan Nugent Hopkins had a four-point four performance. I believe it was against the Winnipeg Jets. He's got his scoring going. Leon Dreisler, we know. He's what he's all about. Evander King, Zach Hyman. There are guys that can produce on this Oilers team. But I think when you're looking at Connor McDavid, for me, the matchup is make Connor McDavid spend as much time skating the full length of the rink and don't shorten the ice for him. Meaning, don't turn the puck over and let him transition with speed because then you're asking for trouble. I think don't let him transition because he has the speed. It's it's not you're 100 right, and, and and they do have to be very careful with him. Obviously, um, you know we saw what happened, in, and you brought up the fact that he didn't score, and uh, the and they still beat Boston, and and they do have guys like Kane that that have had good 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 careers against the Maple Leafs, and he has a style that could be a problem for the Leafs if their defense. You know, the, one of the reasons why the Leafs defense looks different today than it did before the trade deadline is because of players like Kane, you know, guys that need to be boxed out. And, and the Leafs had trouble doing that stuff in close. So well, that, that'll be a good test for their new lineup in defense. It will be. It definitely will be. And I think the difference here with them being at home, they can match up the Connor McDavid line against likely Jake McCabe and Justin Hall. Uh, those were the, the that's the shutdown pair. That's the pair they're going to expect to play against top competition. Um, let's just hope Morgan Raleigh doesn't spend a lot of time against uh, Car McDavid. The last time McDavid was in Toronto with a crowd, I will say he has come to Toronto. Obviously, the bubble and all those things. The last time he played in Toronto with a crowd in the stands was uh, back in 2020 January. And he pu- he put Morgan Riley on the yeah, high for the rest of his career with an amazing goal. Um, so hopefully Morgan Riley has got over that in some regard. I, yeah, I would, he was looking for his jock strap after after yeah, the goal. Yeah, that was that was wall up in the Raptors of Scotia. Well, oh, again. So, yeah. Well, that's that's the thing about McDavid. Uh, the man has so much talent. He has. He's so quick with his feet. He's so quick with his hands, and he's so quick with his shot. You really do have to pay attention to him, and and you do almost have to. And, and and it is what it is, and it plays to his strengths a little bit too. And but it's all you can do. You gotta you gotta defend him in layers. You you just can't. You know, it's got to be almost in waves because uh, you know if, if two guys go after him, he'll figure his way around two guys. 
Uh, he definitely will. He that is something that Connor McDavid is not shy about. He will take any any challenge that a team will throw up against him and say, "Yeah, I, I can." That shouldn't be a problem. The Leafs. So just to give you any of those who are looking for betting lines on this game, the Toronto Maple Leafs are. I'm just looking up here. Sorry, I gotta look up. Uh, change this. I'm on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, so I'm just trying to find the. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, I should have had this queued up a little bit more. The Leafs are. I don't think they're favored actually in this game. I, I wouldn't think they are either. Uh, the Oil the Oilers are slight favorites in this game. So if you are th- if you are very confident that the Toronto Maple Leafs can win this game, um. Actually, sorry, no, I'm wrong. The Leafs are favored in this game. Because of the home team status. Yeah, so they are favored in this game. That is my fault, everybody. But that's why you that's have important. to verify everything. Uh, so the Toronto Maple Leafs are the favorites in this game. Whether I would place a bet on them, that's a tough one. I, I don't know if it, I don't know if I would I would say that they're an overwhelming favorite. They're only a minus thirty to which that's that's obviously enough to give them the uh the favorite title here, but it's not juicy enough for me to put a bet on them to win the game. Now, uh, there are a couple of other things you can look at here. We know that there was a lot of goals in this game, uh, in the last game. So the over under is six and a half. So you could look at doing the over Four, three. Yeah. So you can look at doing the over here. If you think this is going to be a close game, you can pick the Oilers to cover the spread, which is one and a half goals. So if you think this is going to be a close game, you can look at that as well as a potential uh, as a potential prop uh, to bet on there. So it'll be a very interesting matchup. We know the Leafs are going to want they, that game left the bad taste out of their mouth. A lot of it was self inflicted. Goaltending wasn't the best either in that game. So let's see if it's a better recipe this time. Um, now we'll put we'll set aside that matchup. Now to, we're going to kind of put a bow on today's show. We're going to discuss actually uh, some news that came out off the ice regarding Mitch Marner and some closure that he is getting. I'll let you know what I mean by that on the other side. This is the Locked On These Podcasts on Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome back into the Locked On These Podcasts, everybody. David Morissuti here with my good friend Frank Stanishi. So, it was it was just out of nowhere. The Toronto Police Department, Toronto Police, sent out a, a, a memo, a news release, saying that they arrested two suspects in a a pair of cases of carjacking, and everybody saw one of the dates, which was May 16, thousand twenty-two, and obviously the lines were clicking together, and a few news reporters put out saying that was one of the dates that Mitch Marner had his car stolen uh, last year. His, Him and his fiance were out uh, and about in the Etobicoke area, and they had their Range Rover stolen at gunpoint. Uh, Mitch Marner, at the time, we didn't know about this right away, um, but we found out about it, and Mitch Marner kind of came out and said this was something, a situation that that affected him mentally just because it was it was a very scary situation, right? Funny enough, the uh, the car was recovered, um, and two people were arrested. There is a third person that was involved that they're still looking for, but uh, Mitch Marner made it known that you know it was a scary experience, but it's nice to have closure. It 
I, I would think that, you know, something like this, even though it happened a year, almost a year ago, would still weigh on somebody. An experience like that doesn't just go away, you know, quickly either. No, not at all. Uh, I remember when it happened and it raised, you know, it, the positive thing that happened from it is that a lot of people were informed and he helped inform people on what it takes to defend yourself from being hijacked like that. Um, this, one of the things that he did that he knows now wasn't something they should have do. And my advice to folks is don't park too far away from the rest of the cars. I know you want to protect your vehicle, but I think you should protect yourself over and above that. So there were some lessons learned. There was an opportunity for the police to educate folks. So there's always a positive side. And, and that was the positive side here. And now what we've got is complete positive, uh, you know, experience for Mitch Marner. Uh, he gets to know that the criminals are, are, are put away and his vehicle is back. And, you know, Whenever something gets gets stolen, this is really terrible. It's one thing to have somebody take something from you and you're not around. It's another thing to take it right from you. So, you know, I respect the the pain and the emotional um, thing that happened to Mitch, and I'm glad he, he handled it okay and he feels better and anything to help him feel uh, emotionally whole because, you know, there is kind of a loss there and uh, it's something hard to deal with. So I, I hope he, he gets as close to 100%. Let's not forget his girlfriend who was there too. Yeah, and funny enough, uh, when this situation, there was so the same people were involved in a, in a pair of robberies in the same area. So wow. I know that this robbery, uh, the carjacking, actually raised uh, you know, an awareness in that area. It was the Queensway. If you're from me, I'm from Etobicoke. It's actually about 10, 15 minutes from where I live. Uh, it was actually at the movie theater, the Cineplex movie theater, that it happened. I was a little surprised in a very public setting that this has happened, but we're seeing during daylight hours. Yeah, I remember uh, right, right? I think this one was at night. Oh, uh, okay. But but we're seeing in Toronto that there's daylight uh, carjackings happening too. And uh, funny enough, I actually, it, it was also noted that his vehicle was recovered. I found that to be quite curious. You would think that in a lot of these carjackings, they want to get rid of these cars as soon as possible so that like, the whole point is that you get these cars shipped away as far and a lot of these carjacking situations, I wonder if two things. One, was it because it was Mitch Marner's car? Would some people, if they were trying to sell it, if somebody would have a little bit of suspicion about it? Because, you know, it's a very well-known person. We knew it was a Range Rover. Um, and two, what happens with the car now? Obviously, it probably gets released back to Mitch. And what does he do with it, with another Range Rover now? Yeah, well, that, that's that's an interesting situation. I guess it belongs to the insurance company. Yeah, that's because he would have had made whole by the insurance company when the initial jack when the initial carjacking happened. So I wonder if you know the insurance company takes it and they do what they need to recoup whatever money they had to spend to get a Marner new car. That's a very interesting. I've never experienced something like that. And actually, somebody messaged me and say it took this long for them to to get this. I'm like. I'm a little surprised it took this long just because the car was still there. Like nobody would have found this car, but like even a few months after the fact, it was very, uh, it was very interesting. But uh, well, hopefully now we learn a lot. We learn on a lot of TV shows, David. They wait for things to cool down. But the problem is, to what you said, it wasn't. It wasn't just a car. It was a car to a fame for one of the most famous people in Toronto in the community. Yeah, so it's a very interesting uh, situation there. So. We're glad that Mitch Marner can now put this chapter fully behind him. The people that 
did this are uh, have been arrested now they can uh the justice system will take care of uh the rest there i think both people were actually uh in court as the document said so mitch martin gets the chance to uh to put that behind him uh final thing for me here frank prediction for the game on saturday i'm I'm not usually one for predictions, but I thought maybe you might have a prediction for how this game against the Oilers go. Four three Leafs. Four three Leafs. I like that score actually. It's not a. I don't think this is going to be a low scoring game. It is Hockey Night in Canada. Maybe because of the pressure, I think it will be a little slow out of the gate potentially. But yeah, I do think that the over will be hit, and I do think uh, a four three score is not a bad one. It's not a bad uh, prediction here. So uh, we'll see how good it is. <laughs> well, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we get an, uh, a very entertaining game and a very. Let's just hope with the emotion that both teams play with in the last game, we see that in this game. I don't think that'll be too much of a problem, but obviously, a lot of people will be keeping their eyes on the lineup, how the uh, eleven and seven play again, and uh, all those things. So we'll we'll obviously be looking and keeping an eye on that. And on the next episode, which will come out on Monday, I'll break down the the game. I will have another guest. With me, I don't know who it is just yet. I have a couple of people I've reached out to. It could be Frank again. We'll see. Um, Frank, I'm going to have to pay you double time now because I'm bringing you. <laughs> You're going to have to have a good agent to negotiate. We'll discuss that later. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, uh, Frank, for joining me again. Uh, that will do it for us today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These Podcasts on all podcasting platforms. To make sure you receive daily Leafs content, Monday to Friday, we're putting out five shows a week. So also make sure you are subscribed on YouTube because you can watch us on video form there, Locked on Leafs. Follow myself on Twitter at the underscore Morsuti. And follow Frank on Twitter at CandidFrankLive. And follow the show at Locked on Leafs. We'll be back with another episode, as I said, on Monday. We'll break down the game against the Oilers. And we'll preview Monday's game against the Buffalo Sabres, which I will be in attendance for I'll have a little more of those details on Monday's episode. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs. Later.